This is Sportscasters Anonymous. A weekly podcast about sports. All sports. MLB, the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, collegiate football, and collegiate basketball. But there's more. We'll even talk about sports video games, sports movies. It's all here. You're listening to Sportscasters Anonymous on the Random Chatter Network, broadcasting to the globe from Jacksonville, Florida. This is Don and Chip. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Sportscasters Anonymous. My name is Don. He's Chip. This is episode number 22, recorded on September 20th, 2020. Chip, my man, we got Stanley Cup hockey with the NBA playoffs are moving along and we got football season in full swing along with Major League Baseball getting ready to head off to the playoffs, my man. Lots of news to cover. How you doing? It's been a rough day. It's been a rough day. Uh, we'll get into it, but today was definitely rough for a lot of different reasons. I am sorry to hear it, but uh, on a positive note, we've got a lot of awesome sports highlights and news to cover. So hopefully a little something to put on a smile on your face otherwise. But as always, Chip, tell the folks out there how to contact us. Sure. Uh, so you can contact us at our emails. Uh, mine is chip at randomchatter.com, or you can contact Don at his email, which is don at randomchatter.com. You can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at sportcastanon, that's A-N-O-N. You can join our Discord channel, Random Chatter, where you can get sports and pop culture talk. You can support us on Patreon under Random Chatter, and you can buy our stuff at randomchatter.com slash store. All right. Uh, that takes care of all the normal housekeeping. So, yo, man, you know, I've I'm, I'm been pumped today. A lot of interesting things around the NFL, so let's just dive into it, man. What do you have for us this week? Yeah, it was a eventful weekend. There was a lot of close games. There was a lot of injuries. There was a lot of upsets. There was just a lot of stuff going on. Um, I think one of the big stories of the day was the Falcons repeat of Super Bowl, whatever it was, where they blew the 32-point lead or 42-point lead, whatever it was, repeat of that today when they lost to the Dallas Cowboys in miraculous uh, fashion. Um, they were they were up 12 with four minutes to play. Um, and blew and it. They, they, blew, they blew it. They had a 29 <laughs> to 10 halftime lead. Um, and they had 50, they actually had a 15 point lead with, with, with less than five minutes to play. Cause they had just kicked a field goal and then got an onside kick. It, it was, I'll put it this way. I stopped watching or looking at my phone probably about three thirty ish. Um, most of the games end by four, four fifteen. So I'm like, ah, Cowboys lost, Eagles lost. All right, at least we're not the bottom of the league, or or, or the team that we're supposed to be like neck and neck with is in the same boat that we're in. I'm okay with that. I'm on my ride, drive home. I'm like, let me look at some of the other scores. I see the Cowboys won 40 to 39. I go, are you kidding me? What what happened? What happened? And I I checked, and it was. I I I. There's no explanation for it. Um, that made you sick to your are, stomach, didn't you? We know how you yeah. feel about the Cowboys. <laughs> so so here here's a here's a 
a it's a ridiculous stat, but it, it puts into perspective how miraculous this is. Teams that are leading by 15 or more points in the final five minutes of regulation over the past 20 seasons are 1,875 to six. So it should be a safe money bet that the team that's up should win that game. <laughs> yes. Because most of the time, the teams, like the last one that, to make that happen was in 2017 when the Saints were playing Washington. And I, I, I can guarantee you, Washington is probably around the same team that they are now, which is not good. And the Saints yeah. are probably the same team that they are now, which is they're pretty good. Um, but this, <laughs> this <laughs> Ugh, I can hear it in your voice, just the disgust. It's just utter, uh, yeah, disgust is the only thing I can say. There's not really much else to say about it. Um, I will say this though, my prediction so far is pretty spot on with the Cowboys. I said, they're going to put up a lot of points, but they're also going to give up a lot of points. Um, their defense is abysmal. Um, Did they play defense in this game? Was there any defense played on either side of the ball in this game? That's what I I just, I, I, I think the, the Falcons, the Falcons, Cowboys didn't win it. The Falcons just gave it up. Okay. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I can roll with that. That's fine. I mean, like you said, when you're up by that much, you should close the deal. Oh, yeah. You just got to run out the clock. At that point, you're just running out the clock. And they failed to do that. They failed to do it on the biggest stage of them all. And they failed to do it on week two of this year. Uh, I don't – there's there's something going on in Atlanta that's not good. So we'll just we'll just throw it out like that. Clutch is um, definitely not the word. No, no. And 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 to go along with the, the crazy, hectic day, it was we had a lot of really big injuries today. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, I, I want to say, like, it's to big stars, but it's not really to teams that are looking to compete for them. Well, I should I, I'd take a step back because the San Francisco got riddled with injuries. Uh, yeah, but they're the in bad big state, na- man. The, the, the two big names that got hurt today were K- Christian McCaffrey injured his ankle and lower leg, um, which it, from what I'm reading, it, it, it's not good that uh, he wasn't, he had to leave the game. Um, so it probably is a high ankle sprain or something like that. And that's for a running back. That's like, um, it's not good. Just put it that way. No, it's not. Drew Locke for the, Broncos, who the Broncos were had high hopes. Um, mm-hmm. He's out two to six weeks. That he has a sprain of his throwing shoulder, which two to six weeks I think is generous, to be honest, depending yep. on how the sprain is. But you got to also factor in he's got to throw the ball. So like, it's not like if it was in his bad shoulder, like yeah, he's gonna have discomfort moving around, and and we might want to rest him a couple of days. It's like no, he's got to throw the ball. 30 to 40 times and his shoulder can't be bothering him when he's trying to throw it. It's going to, it's going to get weakness out of it. He's not going to have the same zip on the ball. Like it's, it, that's not a good situation. Um, what you're hoping you had, for is like they said, they believe it's a sprain and you hope that's all it is because if you know, it's worse, the season's done. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm leaning. He might not be back for the, like the six week mark, which is tough for them because it's your starting quarterback. Well, um, I will tell yeah. you this. Um, I did catch uh, when Jeff Driscoll came in uh, to cover for Drew Locke. Uh, 
even though they lost the game, man, Driscoll, I think, threw for over like 300 yards. They were in that game. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he came in and he stepped right in and, and uh, you know, didn't let them down. But again, a lot of that time you're prepared, like the, the defense is preparing for another quarterback. So, like, how much of that was his talent or how much was that, like, not prepared for what they were seeing with Jeff Driscoll? Um, Maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah, it's a little I mean, bit that's of both. Why that's why sometimes you'll have backups that are opposite of your not opposite, but like don't really have the same skill set as your starting quarterback. Because mm-hmm. if someone gets injured, you 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 want a little bit variety at that point because that might help get you a win in that game. You know? Mm-hmm. So um the list Devontae continues. Adams, yep. Yeah, Devontae Adams got hurt. He hurt his hamstrings, didn't uh left out of the Dropped out of the second half and did not return. Um, but they were pretty much play- they were playing the Lions, so it was a done deal before it even started. Um, let's see, who else do we have here? Tyrod uh, Taylor was out. Justin Herbert yeah. came in. Uh, I thought he started. Did he? Uh, I thought I thought Herbert started. Uh, they, he said uh, Tyrod had some injuries uh, lingering from last week, and they tried warm-ups, and they said, no, nah, he's not good to go, so they brought in Justin Herbert. And I'm sorry, I mixed up okay. Herbert with Driscoll. Herbert went 22 for 33 for 311, and that was their number six overall pick this year. Yeah, so, he looked uh, good. I, yeah. They, I, 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 mean, I, was listen, I was listening to some of the game, and I mean – will beat Kansas play- City. <laughs> We'll get to that in a sec, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it was it was he he played very well in his first start, and um, I was listening to it on the radio for the most part. I didn't get to, get any chance to watch it because I was on my drive home. But he uh, he 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 played. He seemed to have played really well and was handling a lot of the you know rookie kind of speed issues that you have when you first come in very well. So that's good for them, but. Now it's now it's that proverbial quarterback controversy yep. brewing in at Los Angeles because I mean eventually Herbert was going to take over for Tyrod Taylor. I don't think anybody expected Tyrod Taylor to hold on to the job for the entire year, but it's a but little he, bit faster than what they expected, and 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 Herbert you know, stepped up. That was that yeah. was I I like I said I saw part of that game and I went whoa, <laughs> this guy's ready to go. So let me let me ask you this, since we're we're talking about it, are you a fan of putting a quarterback in there and having him be trial by fire, or are you more of a fan of having them sit as a backup for a few weeks and then coming in? Um, I I'm a believer in it depends on the talent. Some quarterbacks, any player for that matter, that that comes into the league, but especially the quarterback because you're le- leading that offense. If they have the it, you know, the football IQ along with the athleticism, then, you know, I think the coach needs to determine, are they ready to go? Yes. Now, we've seen over the years a lot of top first-round quarterbacks picked that get thrown in trial by fire because they're supposed to save the franchise and their careers are ruined. So I really think it depends on on the skill set and, and do they have the it factor if they do then hey throw them in let them go uh but so i, I could go either way on it 
Okay. I am. A, I look at it from the standpoint, I, I like the trial by fire. Get all the rookie mistakes out of the way. I think you learn better by making mistakes, not sitting with a clipboard on the sideline. Like, you don't, you don't get a feel for the game by sitting on the sideline. I think you get a feel for the game for actually playing the game. So yeah, when you got when you have a couple of uh, uh, DBs running at you on your first pass and you're going, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it's a lot different Trial than sitting on the sideline, like like watching yeah. someone else do it. Um, yeah. but we got there's, uh, there. There's more injuries. There's more. Uh, um, there's more. Yeah, there. Cam you know, Akers, Malcolm Brown. Yep. Uh, yep. I'm not even down to the Giants. If Byron Jones is a groin injury. Yep. Uh, then all you have. Saquon Barkley, who they believe has a torn ACL. Uh, his his season's end, done. That would end his season. That would actually probably progress into next season, too. Depending, yeah. So Sterling Shepard was out, too. Like, the New York Giants, man, their offense has just been destroyed. Um, And now we're getting down to the, the big one, the 49ers. Holy hell. What happened during that game? Were they, like – uh, I've never seen so many injuries to so many big players on one team in one game. So Nick Bosa goes out with a knee injury, which is most likely they're saying a torn ACL. Yep. Jimmy Garoppolo goes out with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Raheem Most, uh, Mostert goes out with a MCL sprain. And Solomon Tom- Thomas, their defensive tackle, may have a torn ACL. Like, what the hell happened in that game? I like, guess they they still ended up I, winning against the Jets, thirty-one thirteen, which is laughable because it's the Jets. But at the same time, but I mean, so is that is that a case of the Jets went? We're not going to beat them, so we're going to beat them. <laughs> you I, I know? guess I don't know. Like, like you know, like a, the, the NFC weird. West right now, that everybody but San Francisco should just be sending thank yous to the Jets. <laughs> Like, I mean, I, you, I just, oh God! And, and the problem was, is like, is is depending on the 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 athlete, ACL sprains take about nine to twelve months to fully to to heal, and up to eighteen months to fully heal. And what I mean by that is like nine to twelve months for them to get back into like practicing and football shape, but Not like eighteen form, months before like they're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. they're they're about like seventy five percent. Until about 18 months, they'll be about 100%. They'll be back to their normal self, which is a long time to, you know, kind of waiting, especially so it's going to go into next year, which is, you know, that's going to really set them back a couple of years. But at the same time, like, so this is the thing with the, the 49ers, and this is how, why they got to be so good is, like, they had Jimmy Garoppolo get hurt two years ago, and – that ended up them getting a high draft pick, which they ended up getting Nick Bosa, and then that boosted their lineup. So it's going to give them a good draft pick if they, you know, don't do well this year. So they yeah. may end up getting another good young talent. Um, so and me, and the other big one is uh, Brandon Scherf injured his right. And it was carted off the field in the in the first half. Um, yeah, so he he's he's for the Washington football team and. That could be devastating to them. Um, I'm super sad so, about that. So let me um, so let me ask you this because we discussed this uh, before the season started, and you and I were we were very confident, extreme, probably too confident, and and this is proven right. 
Um, and I think I touched on it last week. So is this a result of not having your normal off season or is this just way too many freak accidents? That was coincidence. So yeah, the not having OTAs, not having a training camp does cause a factor into like muscle aches and stuff like that. But as far as ligaments, um, they're not stretchable. They're not going to react the same way like your muscles do. So the only thing that that would cause these injuries to happen is because of overworking or that they didn't have kind of like a warm-up or a gradual progression up to uh, playing. And it, it, it's it's not necessarily this year. It's I think if you go back to when they started cutting back on training camp in itself, like like back in the 90s and the early 2000s, it was like two-a-day practices and teams were uh, on the field and, and hitting each other and there was a lot more contact than there is now. Like people, the players are more or less likely to uh, – they're, they're not practicing the way that they used to. And you're seeing an uptick in a lot of soft tissue type injuries. So I think we're seeing more so this year because they didn't have a normal training camp and they weren't able to like slowly progressively rev up their bodies. And now they're just like all of a sudden go. Um, yeah. But I think over the past few years, you kind of seen a trend where there's players getting injured more frequently. And I think it's an absolute direct result of, not practicing the way they would play in a game. So we're having, we're having a lot of injuries like, you know, high ankle sprains and whatnot. Um, but I guess like, as far as like the ACLs and the MCLs, can, can we really attribute that to not having a preseason or OTA or was this week just, it was a freakish week and it just, I mean, can you really prevent those injuries? I guess uh, is the question. So you can, can you prevent them? Uh, I mean, some of them you can't prevent. Some of them you, you just plant your leg wrong and it happens. Um, you, can, you can help your body get more conditioned to the impact that is going to happen within the sport. So a lot of like, like high ankle sprains are attributed to stress. They're not attributed to um, a ligament. Like it's, it's essentially a ligament overstretching mm-hmm. from stress. Like an ACL, when an ACL tears from a non-contact injury, that's usually they planted wrong or the knee went in a way that it wasn't supposed to and, and it snapped. But a lot of times that stuff happens because there's a lot of stress on like the muscles or on the bones that like your muscles are what are going to stabilize the leg. And your ligament is like your last line of defense to stabilize the bones together. So if you have a lot of stress happening on the body at a certain time, it can cause these injuries to happen more often. So I think that can you prevent all of them or all of them going to be because they didn't have training camp? Absolutely not. Um, I think we saw a lot this weekend as far as most of them are coincidence. I think a lot of it is also that the bodies aren't used to them moving. Um, so like the ACL is, is a typical of a non-contact injury. And usually those are not deemed by stress or strain. That's just the body, like, like the freak accident, freak accident. Well, leg gets caught, turns the wrong way. And the, the ligament just like 
tears. Uh, like so, the MC, the MCL and the, the MCL ones, those are outside of the knee. And they can be usually attributed to stress or, or again, they can also be attributed to your turn the wrong way. And it happened. So with, with all the advances that we have in, in medicine now in technology back in the day, even if you go back like 20 years, if you tore an ACL or an MCL, yeah, your career might go on, but you were never the player that you were before. It, it just wasn't happening. Where do you think we are now as far as these injuries happen? Like medically, can, can we see Barkley getting back to form after this? Or is this something like he, he will not be the player that he was? Well, I'll, I'll throw it to you like this. So you have Adrian Peterson who tore his ACL. And I think he kind of set the standard as to where we are with modern medicine right now, because he tore his ACL and nine months later, he's out on the field running, cutting and looks stronger than ever. So I think we are, so, we are a lot, we lo, we know a lot more now than we did even 10 years ago, as far mm -hmm. as the way the body reacts to certain things. And there's the, with all the electronics and technology that we have advancing soft tissue injuries and and the more we are doing this the more research is coming out the more we are learning about it like it's still it's still pretty much in its infancy as far as soft tissue soft tissue injuries and how to rehab from them so but we know a lot more now than we did 10 15 years ago so that's why you see like they'll they'll say like oh an ACL injury that's like a 12 to 18 months and you see these athletes coming back in 9 or coming so, back in 12 so it could so just would you feel then like all the big money that the Giants have on Barkley? Once he comes back, he, sh he should be good to go. We should see Barkley as he was. Oh, absolutely. He's going to get the best care. Like they're going to just pump money into, into making him uh, rehab and getting his leg like, strength back to the way it is. And they're going to have the best like therapists and trainers and everybody working with them. And he's going to be working nonstop from morning to night trying to rehab this, uh, he'll be fine. I don't, I don't see any issues with him coming back and, and losing a step. Um, a lot of times the, the first one opens you up to more mm -hmm. and it really comes down to the surgery and the repair of it and how your body reacts to that repair. That will dictate how well you, um, how well you progress in therapy, how well, your body, like you get back to form. If you have a successful surgery and everything goes well, um, which is more like the case nowadays than it was 15 years ago, then you're more likely to come back like nothing happened. But you see the other side of the coin, like Alex Smith is a case in point of a surgery gone completely wrong and the body completely rejecting what they did. And he, and almost he ended up with infections on top of that, didn't he? Yeah, it, it, it was like it, the, the, the worst, the worst case scenario. Yeah, that's like the complete 180 of the the Adrian Peterson uh, scenario. So that is absolutely the other end of it. But he's is able, still able to rehab. It just took him longer. He's never going to get back to the way he was. But at least he's playing football and he's on a team, and it's it's a success story. But like. I have no doubt that these guys are going to injure. They're injuring their ACL. They'll get a, a an allograph or some type of replacement in there, and be right back to the way they were. Okay. 
Well, uh, I guess uh, for the fans listening out there, we don't want to dwell on the injuries too much. We want to give them hope. <laughs> so let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, I guess, what would be your disgust of the Thursday night football showdown? Yeah, so we had such a great week one with Houston playing Kansas City. Like, I, I really want to watch this game. It, it's so um, – it, it's going to be such a great game. Then last week we we have Cincinnati versus Cleveland, and it like I, I say it that way because that's what it was like in my head. Cincinnati versus Cleveland. like I don't want to watch that. Like right. that's not what I want to sit down and watch. If I wasn't betting on the game, like that's not what I want to watch. I'd rather I would rather have seen like it was um, not a bad game. I will tell you that. Um, no, it wasn't a bad. Obviously, game, if I, you're a Cincinnati or a Cleveland fan, you had more vested interest in it. Um. But what we normally see in Thursday night football is normally teams that suck or it's a one-sided affair. And that really wasn't. Yeah, but at the same time, like, they're, they're both teams suck. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like the dysfunctional Cleveland Browns versus the inept Cincinnati Bengals. And yeah. then, I, I hate to say it, but next week we got Jacksonville versus Miami. And I know Jacksonville's kind of on, like, an unexpected hot streak right now, but it's still the Miami Dolphins. like. I, unless unless Tua is going to play and it, it, he's going to make it interesting, I I could care less about seeing them. So those two me, teams. So let, let me get your buy-in here. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the next five weeks, okay? And and you give me your honest opinion. So we've got the hometown game this week, Miami visiting Jacksonville. The following week, um, as the records stand right now, we have the 0-2 Broncos at the 0-2 Jets. How you feel about that one? Next. Next. Okay. Um, <laughs> October 8th, uh, we have the current 1-1 one one Buccaneers against the 2-0 Bears. Okay. That, 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 that's Tom Brady. I, that would be a game that I would like to watch. Right. And here's the one I'm excited for because we talked about when the NFL schedule got released about how Buffalo has primetime games this year. I love it. October 15th, I know my calendar circled, and I'm going to take a lot of garbage for this. You have the Kansas City Chiefs 2-0 currently at the 2-0 currently Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that, that's, a, uh, again, it's, it's an exciting matchup because it's Patrick Mahomes who's playing. He's an exciting figure. I know you can't, like, you're going through all this and you're like, you can't, I know in my head I'm like, you can't have, like, Kansas City play Thursday night every week. Right. But I just... Like, have the Cowboys play on a Thursday night. I know they don't so, do that because Cowboys play on Thanksgiving, but, like, yeah. or, or, or have Seattle play on Thursday. Like, I feel like they they pick certain teams to play in these primetime games, but then I think it's teams, an exposure thing, too. The ones that normally wouldn't get, like, your Sunday night football or your Monday night football. You know, the Chiefs, obviously, without question, have no problem with that. But I think that's yeah. to get the exposure out there. Um, so... Following that game, and I got to tell you, Josh Allen, first game of the season, he passed for over 300 yards. The second game of the season, he passed for 400 yards plus. Um, that The 400 yards plus was against the Dolphins. But part of me feels, because you and I have discussed that Kansas, Kansas City doesn't really have the defense. You know, it's kind of like, let's run the score up. I can see that game being a shootout. Yeah. Yeah. Kansas City's... I, I think I said it to you today. Kansas City's defense doesn't scare me. It's just that their offense is so prolific that it, it makes up for the deficiencies that are on their defense. So their their defense doesn't scare me. 
it's their offense and the fact that they can put up points at will that that kind of scares me. So after after having an amazing game of Chiefs Bills, I I really think that's going to be a great a great game. We go to Week Seven, October the twenty second, Giants at Eagles. Here comes the thunder. Yeah, yeah Giant <laughs> Giant Giants without uh, Saquon Barkley versus the Eagles that can't put together a, a complete game. So um, are you thinking I, like three nothing? <laughs> No, no, that game, that game. So it's a division rival. So yep. you got to put it in there. You know, I, I think that hopefully by then the Eagles have figured out how to play football again. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's five weeks better from now, game, you know, but I mean, so. uh, hopefully they figure it out this weekend and we move on with life. I'm, pr- but- I'm praying for you, Chip. So um, real quick, let's go through rest, uh, through the rest of the Sunday night, or excuse me, Thursday night football schedule, and you tell me what you think. Obviously, we're only two weeks into the season, so it's kind of hard to tell. Teams are still getting their footing. Uh, week eight, we got Falcons at Panthers. Yeah, see, that's not another game that interests me. Like, I'm a Matt okay. Rule fan, so, like, I, I, I guess I would check it out because of Matt Rule, but at the same time, like, you're going to have McCaffrey, who may not be there for that game, so, like, who, who are you really trying to go see? Right. Okay. So fair enough. A uh, week nine Packers at 49ers. Now the question is, is Jimmy G going to be good to go at that point? True. Um, I mean, they're, they're still up in the air. They think he's, he'll be back next week, which would be insane, but yeah, I still, again, the 49ers are a team that I, I think hit lightning in a bottle last week and the, they can't sustain what they're putting out there. Well, I'll tell you, um, if the Green Bay that we've seen the last two weeks is the Green Bay that faces the 49ers in week nine, the 49ers are going to get torched. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, especially that with Bosa being out for the – I think Bosa's out for the season. I think that was yeah. what I saw today. Um, so their defense took a huge hit with that. I, Aaron Rodgers is in another world. I, I, they should have drafted another uh, a backup quarterback for him like years ago because he's playing yeah. out of his mind right now. Yeah, he, he's playing like, you know, Brett Favre talked to him and said, hey, you know, you know how this went down. So I think Aaron Rodgers has like, a, we, we were saying the same thing about Gardner Minshew. Are you like playing with the chip on the shoulder? Like you're out to prove something. Yeah, I just, I'm looking at some of the teams that were supposed to finish in the, like at the basement and like they were going through today and it, it, there was an article in ESPN um, that was like the Trevor Lawrence watch. And like it had like a whole bunch of tweets from like all these bottom teams that were gonna vie for Trevor Lawrence as the first overall pick. And I'm looking at them, and it's like you got a lot of the teams that are owing to it's like the Giants, the Falcons, the Eagles, the Jets. And I'm like, they all have like franchise quote unquote quarterbacks. Like, um, I don't see them drafting like if they had that first I overall could- pick, we just draft them to draft them. Like, I'm trying to think of a team like the Jacksonville scenario though. I could think of a scenario though where these teams that have their 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 franchise guy, I can see them drafting them or doing something kind of like um what some other quarterbacks did. Like Eli Manning made it clear he wasn't playing for the Chargers. Brett Favre made it clear even though he was drafted by the Falcons, he was not playing for the Falcons. That must still bother the Falcons immensely. You know, like there might be like, let's get this guy and then see what we can trade him for and, and get some uh, some trade stock in that or pick up a few key players that you need. Yeah, I guess so. I guess I mean, that's one way to, for them to do it. But it's like I'm looking at this. I'm like, 
I made the joke. I was like, yep, Eagles are going to get the first overall pick and they're going to select another quarterback. The uh, like third quarterback drafted in the last five years. Yeah. Um, so, but like, I just, I'm looking at a lot of the teams and I'm like, I don't see any of them. And, and at that point it becomes a bidder's war is like, who's going to bid the highest for that pick. Cause like I, Jacksonville, Jacksonville was supposed to be with a team that was going to like flounder so that they could get one of the top overall top picks to be able to get Trevor Lawrence to take and over. That's as not quarterback. happening. That's not happening. No, the Jags look like, sharp. It's like the opposite. So, so it's like, yeah. So real quick, cause I don't want to beat this topic to death too yeah. much, but week 10, you got Colts at Titans. That's good. That'll be a good matchup. Divisional matchup. Week 11, you got Cardinals at Seahawks. That could be an be explosive game right there. Yeah, I mean, that'll be a good Kyler matchup. Murray gets, yeah. All right, here's one. Here's your wish right here. Week 13, Cowboys at Ravens. Oh. <laughs> uh, I think the Cowboys. Uh, Towards the end of the season, man, I mean, uh, the Ravens could hand. It's 12-3. The Ravens could hand the Eels a very early Christmas gift. Yeah, yeah, they could. They could. Right? So let's move I mean, on to week 14. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say Lamar Jackson against that defense. Uh, he might uh, he might have 400 yards rushing. <laughs> Guess who's going in my fantasy lineup or in captain's mode? <laughs> uh, week 14, Patriots at Rams. Okay. That'll be week, a good matchup. Week 15, Chargers at Raiders, divisional matchup. That is, that'll be a great matchup. Yep. And to close out Thursday night football on Christmas Day, Friday, December 25th, Vikings at Saints. Ooh. Saints should run away with that. If if things trend the way they are right now, the Saints should run away with that. They should. They should. But, but that'd be that that'd be another good matchup. So there's some good matchups in there. I just they, I feel like they started off the season like especially in a pandemic when everyone's gonna be online trying to watch these games. Yeah. Like I don't I mean, feel can like you really blame them though. I mean, because obviously people want to see Joe Burrow. And I gotta tell you, if not if Cincinnati can get their offensive line figured out, Joe Burrow is the real deal. And and I, I don't disagree, but at the same time, against Cleveland, like I don't <laughs> like it's such a dysfunctional group of people that are over there. Like I I don't know. Like I, I, I watched like the first quarter and I was like, ah, I don't really have any stake in this. And then I, I turned it all, I put it on the background and started playing video games. Like I was like, I don't need to watch this anymore. Like I was just like, uh, I don't know. Like it just didn't interest me. Right. So let's, uh, so. let's move, let's move it along here. Um, the other thing you got in your notes and you want to talk about clutch field goal kickers, Butker hits two fifty eight yard field goals to win the game. Yeah. Well, he hit two fifty eight yard field goals yeah, in the game. Over the in overtime uh or no it, w- it was to was it in overtime the win yeah it was in overtime, the overtime win to it. win yep to win it they they I'll, I'll set the stage first kick is 52 53 yards 53 yard kick he goes to kick it they try to ice him the offensive lineman of the Kansas City Chiefs jumps uh false start five yard penalty Moves him back to the 58. He's got to kick it again. He goes to kick it. They ice him. So uh, for those that don't know, icing is they call a timeout right before he kicks it to make the kicker think about it, especially if he misses it. It kind of puts a little bit of that doubt. It's kind of like a a gamesmanship mentality kind of thing. Um, And he made it. 
but it was ice, so it didn't count. He's got to kick it again for a third time. So this is his third 50-yard field goal in, like, a matter of, like, two minutes. Hitting one of those is, like, really, really difficult, but hitting – he, he hits the thir- the game winner to win the game, 58-yard field goal, his second of the game in overtime. Hitting one is difficult. Hitting three of them is almost insane. And even beyond that, if you if he misses that kick, it puts the Chargers, they had two minutes left, puts the Chargers in such a good spot to, to only have to go like 15 yards to then they can kick a field goal to win it. So you're taking a huge chance at that point. Um, you're basically hit. saying, I believe in my kicker. Yeah. And, and Don, I'm, I hate to say it, when you guys play them on uh, Thursday Night Football, you better hope that it, it's it, that they need a touchdown to win and not a field goal. Cause... I'll tell you right now, when he when he kicked that ball from 58 yards out, if you look at the replay, it looks like he could have probably kicked it from 65 yards out. Oh, man, he had, he had an extra 10 yards easy of, of yeah. extra room. And that thing wasn't – moving left or right that was straight uh, i mean can you imagine can you imagine a team where your guy lines up and you're at the 50 yard line he's like yeah i got this coach (laughs) it just reminds me of the scene from uh the replacements when the when they yeah they have the leg come out there and kick the field goal and it's like he's like smoking on the field and he like just kicks this ridiculous like 70 yard field goal that like is so unrealistic but he kicks it and it goes in and it's like the like everyone goes insane and they're all like, what is he doing? Why is he kicking it? But uh, I just, that's, that was crazy between, between watching that game and everything else that happened yesterday it, it, or that happened for the football game. It was insane. So I, I will say based on our comments too, uh, we had some technical difficulties. We record the show on Monday. It is Monday night. Um, so we're kind of splicing the show together. So that's to uh, correct for any uh, time issues. Confusion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, confusion. Hey, man, let's hit up the NBA, man. Um, we have some interesting series taking place here. Yeah. Um, I, my question for you, because it, we're, as we are, we're already two games into it. Do you think that Denver is – for real or do you think that that they just hit a roadblock with the Lakers like do you think that they can pull it out do you think they can come back because I'm a believer I'm gonna tell you that right now I'm a believer their, their first round series their first round series came back from 3-1 second round series came back from 3-1 they're down 2-0 right now. I don't know. They played really well, and honestly, at the end of the game, you want Anthony Davis to shoot a three to win it because he's not gonna—he's not a really great three-point shooter, and that's kind of like the person that you want to take it. And the fact that he made it is just ridiculous. And so, like, you can't fault the Denver Denver for for that. Um. It just got super clutch shot and, and not their fault, but they, they came back. They were down by double digits in that game. Uh, I just feel like every time I turn on the game and see the score, it's Denver's always down by double digits. Um, well, I, um, I'll tell you, I think the first game would turn out differently if the referees, well, <clears throat> fill in the blank, because you and I were both 
beside ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah. In game one. You know, that was I, I was calling BS on that. I'm sorry. You know that. Um game two, Denver's showing they can hang with them. The problem seems to be because I've watched uh at various points of the matchup. It it seems like Denver's trying to figure it out. The Lakers go on a run, and then the Denver gets it figured out and closes the gap. Denver needs to figure out how to contain them and get it under control, and they can and they can fight. They're down two nothing right now, but I I can still see Denver pulling off an upset against the Lakers. Yeah, I, I think they I think they figured it out in the second half of game two. Um, mm-hmm. I think this next game is a pivotal game for them. I don't think if they go down 3-0, I think the series is over. Um, yeah, I don't I think mean, at that point, the Lakers, game. the Sharks are in the water, man. You know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that they can come back from that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come out, whether they change anything or they can keep the same way that they're playing. They're, they're a team that they need to be hitting their shots for them to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. they're not going to be a team that's going to bully ball you, or they're not going to be a team that's going to beat you on the fast break. They beat you in the half court and passing the ball and working around, hitting their shots, getting back on defense. Um, and what the Lakers were doing, which was giving them such fits was they were either getting the rebound and it was a quick outlet and they were going down for a fast break. They were trying to get there before. Denver could set up their half court defense because their half court mm-hmm. defense is awesome. And uh, they, that's why they were so good against the Clippers and everything like that was they would slow them down to make them play half court. Uh, they're probably the best half court um, team in the entire league. So if you play to them and them slowing you down, then they are, have every success, success of winning. Yeah. And, um, they the first game that wasn't happening because I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they were frustrated at the referees. They were frustrated because they weren't making shots. Um, but I'll tell you this: the the player on Denver that's going to be the X factor is Michael Porter. If Michael Porter can hit shots and show up and be that extra man to take the pressure off of Jokic and Jamal Murray, who by the way, Jamal Murray's playing absolutely outside of his mind. Like he's just been insane this this playoffs, this entire playoffs, especially in this series. Um, but if if Michael Porter Jr. can be successful and and hit his shots and and uh, get more involved in the offense, that is going to make it so much more difficult for. Do you think that would get him over the hump? I guess. Because right oh, now, absolutely. the Lakers know it's like if you contain Murray and Jokic, more or less you should be able to lock this up. Yeah, well, Michael Porter was supposed to be like one of the top draft picks in the league. Um, one of the top draft picks in the um, last draft. So, like, he fell because he had some back injuries, but he seems to be healthy right now. And that's – I just think it's – I think that he is going to add so much more to that team. Um, and the series and make it more competitive. Um, so and then we have, Go yeah, we have the other, we have the other, other matchup, which is the Celtics versus the heat um, Celtics won game three. Do you think that 
the Celtics now they have Gordon Hayward back, and that was a big difference for them in Game Three because it added an extra score, an extra threat. the The thing with the thing with the Celtics is they have a very different dynamic of a team. They're like four guards and then one center, and anyone can go one on one and score. They're not a big like passing. We're going to work the ball around. It's kind of like ISOs and we're going to let one guy, we're going to, we're going to do pick and rolls or we're going to do screens off the ball to get a matchup that we like. And then we're going to have that guard go against their center and have the guard beat the center or beat the big man. So um, the heat are a, a three point shooting team. They shoot a million threes. If they're not hitting their threes, they ain't winning the game. Um, mm-hmm. And they're very good at shooting threes. So do you one of the best in the league? (laughs) Yeah. So do you think that we will see more of the first two games or more of the third game and see the Celtics come back and beat uh, Miami? Um, Based on the way game three played out, and I was looking at the stat lines and whatnot, the Celtics did a good job of controlling the game and keeping an eye on Bam and keeping an eye on Jimmy Butler. Uh, I think... Like you said, the the Heat, where where their offense really comes from, is these guys can shoot threes all night long. I honestly think if you protect the outside and force them to drive the lane, I think the the, uh, Celtics can come away with this series. You can't make them comfortable. You've got to force them to make those shots that they're not comfortable making. Like I've seen them make, seen the Heat make too many threes where they're just going unchallenged outside the arc and just drop them. You've got to challenge them. So I think being down two nothing, then the Celtics come back and just and take it to them. The Celtics they, they've got that that win behind you know the win in the sails that they feel it now. So I think the Heat are in trouble. I I think the opposite. I think that uh, Miami will figure it out. They have they have a bunch of veteran leadership in that locker room that can, you know, kind of coach the younger guys. And they have a, they have one of the, they have like a great mix of older veterans with young athletic talent. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that if they can shoot the ball really well, no matter what they do, they're, they're going to end up winning it. And I think they win the series in six. That's my prediction. Okay. I mean, we, we both know that you, you would love to see the Celtics go down. You don't care if it's seven games. You want to see them burn. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, yeah. at this point, the only team I want to see win at all is is, Dem- is Denver. I'm um, with you on that one. So, I, I, would, I would love to see that. So uh, what and, else you got for us in the NBA updates? Yeah, so we did have the all-NBA team announced uh, this week or this past week. Um, kind of interesting. Uh, I I agree with most of what came on the All NBA First Team. Um, so the All NBA First Team, uh, for those that don't know, is is NBA picks the top, basically top five players in the league, and put them as like the what would be your quote unquote best fantasy team. I guess you could kind of say it. Um, and then they do an All NBA Second Team, and then they do an All NBA Third Team. It just kind of gives accolades to the to the the team. Um, I agree with most of it. You had LeBron James that was voted on it, Giannis, James Harden, Luka Doncic, and Anthony Davis. I don't agree with the last one. I don't 
see. I don't think Anthony Davis should have been on there. I, I think there's other players that could have been on there. I think that, you know, you can make a case for Damian Lillard, who basically willed his team to get into the playoffs. Um, you could put, you can make a case for um, Kawhi Leonard, who was a stud this year. Uh, Jokic, who, who you, I think is better than Anthony Davis. Um, so that's, that's, I think that was more out of the, hey, he's a Laker with LeBron, let's put him in there, than that was a, he deserves to be in it. So let me ask you this, because I know how much you love the love fest with LeBron. Does AD make LeBron a better player, or does LeBron make AD look like a better player? AD, or LeBron makes AD look like a better player. Gotcha. Like. Enough said. <laughs> so, so it, it, it like I, I find it, I find it highly interesting, and I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll take a, like a minute or so to talk about this because I find it very interesting that how many people are in love with LeBron James, but when you look at his stats, and he's he played in the East, which for most of his formative years there was one or two good teams, the rest were garbage, and played abysmal basketball. Like you had the tanking Sixers, you had unfortunately the Knicks. I gotta throw the Knicks in there. That like those type of teams that didn't do anything and, and couldn't hit uh couldn't hit ocean if they fell out of boat, kind of thing. And it, it made his stats look so much better. Um, and it wasn't until like that's why he kept going to the finals every year because it was almost like every team he played was just so much inferior. By the time he got to an actual competition in the finals, like they beat him. I just, I look at it and I go, I see some of the stats. Like his free throw percentage in the fourth quarter is awful. It's like 60%. He like, my, my, my one friend who's a Lakers fan was telling me that like he misses like almost, he's terrible on free throws down the stretch. Anthony Davis, like his free throws are terrible. Like, I'm sorry, if you're going to be a great player and be considered the greatest of all time, like you have to be a clutch player. You cannot be somebody who falls, who, who shies away from it in the fourth quarter or who doesn't hit clutch shots in the fourth quarter. And LeBron just doesn't do that. Like I see stats all the time where like if free throws is one of those big things. Like you have to at least shoot 85% or better on free throws to be, in my mind, to be considered you know, the greatest of all time or, or, or up there like that, but that's like, that's an easy thing that you can work on that you can be great at is free throw. So what you're to saying is, he shouldn't, what you're saying is he shouldn't be like Shaq. Yeah. Like it, 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 it just, <laughs> I sit there and I watch these games and, and, and with how much LeBron gets these outrageous foul calls that make no sense. Um, and then gets put on the line and then he misses two free throws. Like it just, it, it, it just, it, it, it I'm dumbfounded by it. Right. And now on the flip side, on the flip side, stop sending Anthony Davis to the foul line. I mean, you could. It's like Hackershack. He doesn't make it anyways. Like I, I just, I, I'm amazed at how many free throws the entire Lakers team misses. It's like they're they shoot like sixty percent as a team. That's just awful. Like I could shoot sixty percent. Well, maybe not. Maybe but still. we need to find you another <laughs> career. <laughs> like like that's just that's just they would be blowing teams out if they hit their free throws and i think the other side of the coin is is 
and uh, I, 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 I'm not going to talk about this long because it's going to. I will go on forever with it. The, the the absolute love fest that the entire broadcasting teams have with LeBron is is just disgusting. Um, and I again, I wasn't there for the. Uh, I was. I mean, I was alive, but I wasn't like I was young when like Michael Jordan was in there or. Uh, uh, Magic Johnson or Larry Bird, like I don't, I don't remember watching like a lot of the old highlights of them, like of all the announcers, like like say Larry Bird this, Larry Bird that, Larry Bird this. It was like the Celtics, it was the Bulls, it was Scottie Pippen, it was um, I don't know some of the other guys on on Bird's teams or, or it was like it was like uh, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like they were other guys on the team that say, but like you watch a broadcast and like. It's you could almost make a drinking game out of it. How many times did they say LeBron? You got to drink. Like you would finish an entire case of beer. Like that. Like you'd be hammered seriously. before halftime. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it. It literally is every five seconds. They're like, oh, look, LeBron. Like he's he's such a difference maker on that team. And it's like you know, there's five other guys on the court. You know, there's other players on the court. It's like it's not like, and it's just like even like when Denver does something, they they relate it somehow back to LeBron. And it's just it's it's absolutely disgusting watching those kind of games and it just it makes me it, it just I, I can't I can't stand it um how much they gush over them and it's it, it, it's annoying as hell sorry about that but, man. <laughs> no no it's fine they uh yeah so like I just it it, it, it keeps going on in this that's why I kind of want to see the Lakers lose um and I, I'm kind of I want to see the Lakers lose so you know um but we'll we'll keep the show rolling. I don't want to I don't want to harp on this all too long. I, I can make an entire hour show out of it and, and going by stats by, <laughs> stats, by stats on, yeah. on how much Le- LeBron is not even close to being the greatest of all time. So before we start off with getting into where we are in the standings, uh, there's a couple of things that I wanted to go over before we're we're hitting the we're hitting the end of the road here. Uh, we got like one more week left of games. Can we just start? That- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it feels like it. we just started. It was it was like a it was like a, a sprint for this entire season. I, we we just started and then we're going right into the playoffs. Um, you said it was not. It was kind of stupid for the guy to do this, but I thought it was the coolest ejection ever. It was the it was it was the, it was one of those ejections that it was definitely warranted that you got ejected, but you were going to get everything you could to get ejected out of it. Um, so Minnesota Twins. Uh, I don't, I don't even know what kind of what position he plays, but I guess he's an infielder. Uh, Josh Donaldson got ejected the other the other day for. First of all, so here's here's you know I'll, I'll describe this. It was funny to you know it was funny to watch. It was it was absolutely hilarious. Throws throws a the uh, pitcher throws a strike that Donaldson doesn't like. Starts barking at the ump. Ump tells him to knock it off, like like keep playing ball. He's still at he's still at at the bat at bat. He's got two strikes on him. Uh, it, it was either next pitch or it was a couple pitches down there. Throws the ball. Throws the ball. J- Donaldson jacks it to left field. Home run. He's running around the bases. He's coming home and he just starts yelling and screaming at, at the ref as he as at the ump as he's running down the third baseline and then gets to the plate and then starts kicking dirt over the plate to like. So like the the umpires have to go over and they have to dust off the plate so that the pitcher can see it. So he's kicking dirt onto the plate, yelling at the ref, basically or yelling at them, basically to say like, "Here, you do some work for for once." And um, it's just 
kicking all this dirt on there. So the ump throws him out and he's still kicking dirt onto the, the, the plate as, as the ump's throwing him out and still yelling and screaming at him for, for the, the bad uh, pitch that, that he threw before he hit the home run. <laughs> it was, it, it's priceless. Uh, if you guys can go ahead and watch the video of it, it's, 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 it's a good, it gives you a good laugh. With so, it, hey, but it, let me, let me it, ask you this. Tell me it's not funny because when I watch the replay, he he comes around third base. He's coming to home, gets the home plate, starts kicking dirt on home plate. Now, doesn't step on home plate, starts to walk away. Either he was aware that he didn't step on the base or the umpire told him, hey, you didn't step on home plate. Then he turns around, comes back, steps on the base, and then kicks more dirt on it. Yeah, he got thrown out before he stepped on the plate. <laughs> <laughs> like he didn't, he didn't hit the plate and the <laughs> threw him out. So, um, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely like warranted the ejection. It's like, I'm going to get everything out of it. Um, and then he was later on, uh, like the next day they interviewed him about it. Like what, what, what prompted you to do it? And he, he, he made a very interesting comment that I thought was spot on. Um, and I think that every sports league needs to kind of take a look at there, he basically said there's no accountability with these umpires and that they don't care whether they call have a bad call or uh, they cost us uh, a home run or they cost us a game. Um, they basically are just there to, to call balls and strikes and to get out of the game. He basically called out all, every single umpire. Now, A, that's not going to make you pretty popular with the umpires, so you're going to be on a short lease for the rest of the season. If they want to throw you out, they're going to probably throw you out. Um, and B, it kind of is true. Like, there really is no repercussions for referees or umpires that get that have a bad call. They're kind of just like, yeah, bad call, sorry. Like, you don't see them getting suspended or fined or reprimanded in any shape way or form so do you think there needs to be some type of accountability system for referees and umpires so that they don't make a bad call or they or do you think that like replay is is the best thing that we can get well the nfl from what i understand like your playoff games and your super bowl games the referees that are chosen for the game it's based on how well they did during the season so i know there's some way that they measure the referees in the nfl with was it a blown call was it a bad call x y and z then they went back and looked at it and the team that usually gets to lead up like your conference championships or your super bowl is the best team that had the least amount of mistakes etc etc i don't know if that's the same for the baseball umpires. Um, Right now, as far as I know, the NFL is the only team that I know has a system like that in place. So I don't know how it works in the other leagues. But there does need to be some sort of accountability for umpires, referees, whatever they are in any sport. There needs to be some sort of accountability for it because uh, especially like in the NFL, when you only have 16 games, a bad call and a loss in the game can completely screw your season. Yeah. Like I think that most of them have the similar structure where like they take the, the umpires or the referees that did the best during the season and have them do the playoffs and they get paid extra money. So it's kind of incentive for them to do well, but like 
game to game, there's not really any like accountability. And like with, with MLB and umpires are with you. Like if you're in the playoffs, they're with you from game one until the end of the series. And then they just rotate or, or you have umpires that you have, you have four umpires, you have one at each base and home. And, um, most of the umpires will rotate each game. So like if they have a th- three game set, there's going to be the, the umpire who's at third base is probably going to be at home the next game or the umpire at first is going to move to second and they kind of rotate in that way. So like if you have a bad opening game with a ref or with an umpire, there's no accountability to say that they're not going to be skewed the call of the game differently the next, next time out. Um, and I always thought, felt that to be interesting. Like, I, I feel like there needs to be like some type of reprimanding or like if someone's like, and that's why you get so much variability about strike zones. And that's why they want to try to go to these robo bumps that, that call balls and strikes because there's so much variability that they want something standard. I think, I think those umpires that make egregious calls or, or calls that like, you can tell that they have like a bigger strike zone than what they're supposed to need to have some type of like meeting or like a phone call or be like, like, Hey, you, you got to like shrink your strike zone or something like that. But I just, I, there, there is, it definitely needs to be some type of accountability. Um, in other big news, the Houston Astros got a big, uh, I guess, negative news. We're talking more about injuries. Uh, Justin Verlander, uh, needs Tommy John surgery. Uh, that's huge for him because he's on the older side, and um, that's not an easy thing to come back from. Uh, he's 37. Uh, that might be like the end of his career, to be honest, because um, it's usually with a Tommy John, you're at least out two years before you get back to any signs of getting back to what you were. Um, and yeah, he's 37. He's going to be 39, almost 40 by that time. So, uh, I don't know that that's, that's a tough pill to swallow for Houston. Uh, it could be the slow demise of Houston at that point in your career. Yeah. You know, I think we're, we, we might be looking at sunsetting Justin, uh, Justin Verlander. Yeah. Um, and then your Yankees are, I'm pleasantly surprised they're hitting their stride. They got Boy. they got their team back. They got their guys off the injured list. Uh, they hit five home runs in the in an inning the other day uh, for the first time in their franchise history. The they seem to be hitting the ball well. They've been hitting their stride. Of course, it's playoff season, so they're they're starting to ramp it up. Um, I don't know where they Bring are it, in the standings. Uh, I know you have the standings pulled up. So yep. so let me give you a rundown uh, right now. Yeah. Uh, in the standings, and of course, no, today is Monday the 21st, now that we're updating this. So not including today's games. We still have a lot of games going on. Tampa Bay leads the American League at 35-19. and 19. The Chicago White Sox at 34-20. and 20. Oakland at 33-20. and 20. Minnesota at 33-22. and 22. The Yankees at 31-22. and 22. Now, those five teams have clinched a playoff berth. Uh, the next three teams down the list, you've got Cleveland at 30 and 24, Houston at 27 and 26, Toronto at 27 and 26, and then Los Angeles and Seattle and Baltimore collectively at 24, 23, and 23. 
So there might be a little bit of a fight down the stretch there for those last couple spots. Uh, in the National League, the Dodgers and the Padres have clinched a playoff berth. Uh, Dodgers at 38 and 16, San Diego at 34 and 20. Then you've got Atlanta at 31 and 22, Chicago at 31 and 22, Miami at 28 and 25, St. Louis at 26 and 24, and Chip, your Phillies at 27 and 26. Uh, they're 27 and 27. They lost tonight, so they're at okay. 500. So and Cincinnati yeah. was 27 and 27. Yeah. Um, and then you've got uh, two teams at 26 and 26: the Brewers and the San Francisco Giants. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's coming down to the wire for a lot of the NL and National League teams. I think there's like four teams vying for the last uh, three spots between the Cardinals, Phillies, Reds. Actually, I think it's five teams because it's. Cardinals, Phillies, Reds, Giants, and uh, Brewers, uh, I think, that are all vying for that final spot. Um, it's going to come down to the last weekend. Uh, so, Chip, let me ask see. you this. Philadelphia gets in. How, how would you like to have a Philadelphia Yankees World Series? Uh, that would be amazing, especially, I mean, we had one earlier and we lost, but I would definitely would love to see a Phillies-Yankees World Series. Don't think it's going to happen. But um, and just, I just hear, don't... The, hear the vitriol that comes out of both of us for a full week. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see the Phillies play the Dodgers in the first round. That's for sure. So I'm hoping it, that if they do get in, they're at least a six or a seven seed. Um, they did not play I don't well think, tonight. So I don't think see. anybody in the National League wants to face the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah. Dodgers are just going to tear. I think I. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think the Dodgers are going to run away with it on in the NL East. The only the only competition they have is the Padres, but I think that the Dodgers are just too talented right now. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the American League. I think that's more hotly uh, contested of a league. So we'll We're see. In the home we'll stretch see. here, man. Yep, home stretch. We got we got Sunday's the last well, is final day of the season. So. On to the NHL, and we got a Stanley Cup being played, my friend. Yeah, um, it's going back and forth. I think, uh, like you said, we were recording this on Monday, so they're playing right now. I, I Last I saw, Tampa Bay was up big over Dallas. Um, Dallas won the first game, um, and now Tampa Bay's up. So that, that this is it turned out to be a really good series. Uh, who do you have winning winning the game, winning the uh, Stanley Cup? So who do I have or who do I want? Because, God damn it, I want Tampa. <laughs> I want Tampa. And right now, at the end of two, they're up three to one. Um, you and I, I think, were both surprised that the Golden Knights did not make it because you and I were saying they were going to steamroll everybody in the Western Conference. And uh, the Stars got their number. Yeah, I just, they hit a roadblock. They, their offense went silent. Um, and it's, it happens with every sport. Um, their offense went silent and they couldn't. Uh, stop the Dallas Stars from scoring. Like Dallas, Dallas is, doesn't isn't flashy. They don't have like the big names on their team that you would normally hear about. Uh, they just play well as a team, and they're hitting their stride. Tampa Bay's got a little bit more star power on their team. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's I think I want to see Dallas win it, but that's just me. 
Uh, I have friends. I never want to see a championship anything in Dallas. Let's be clear about that. (laughs) (laughs) Neither do I, but at least the Stars (laughs) is like the farthest thing from uh, a Philadelphia hatred that I can get as far as when it comes to Dallas. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I, I, I have friends that are Tampa Bay fans and it just, I don't want to hear them rubbing it in my face that they want it. And my team didn't. So I would love to see a Dallas Stars win. Like I said, I'm pulling for Tampa Bay. It, It would be great. Um, like I said earlier, uh, probably going back at least a couple weeks, here you've got the Lightning in the Stanley Cup. The Rays are the number, probably be the number one seed in the baseball playoffs. And the Buccaneers got Tom Brady, and they're looking to do something. Uh, I'm just saying that, you know, by the time we get to February, Tampa could be title town USA, man. We always say that about a, a, a town, and we always think that, and it never comes to fruition. It really doesn't. I mean, look, you know what? I mean, it's the closest thing for you and I, let's be honest with the way all of our teams are going. This is the closest thing and the closest city we can get to, to have some taste of success this year. That's true. That is true. But I don't know if it's not my team, it's not really my success. It's not my team. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, what do you got for random topics this week? Uh, or should we call it random topics, hashtag college discussion? <laughs> yeah, I guess because we don't like random topics. There really isn't much helping, happening else. I mean, there's like MMA, but there's no like big fights. I, I, I mean, we could say that, what's his face? Uh, Conor McGregor says he's going to wants to make a comeback, but nobody really cares. Um, so I, with, the, with college football slash basketball, we have the Big Ten is back. Uh, they went back on what they said, I guess, a month ago, maybe a little bit more, that they were going to wait till the, the spring. But now they're coming back. I believe they're starting up in, in November. Uh, oh, excuse me. They're starting on October 24th. So right around the corner. Very, very interesting. I, I think they got pressure from a lot of different people to reinstate their season. And they saw how successful the other – college sports are doing um I, ha- I hate to say it but the big 10 even got pressure from the president of the united states yeah yeah we're not gonna really talk about that uh, we're not gonna go uh, down that rabbit hole <laughs> no. there, there was a, they got a pressure from a lot of different angles and i again i think the big 10 should have just made the decision and stuck with it but it is what it is uh they i think for the part of the reason was was they didn't want to see I think when they made the decision that they were going to cancel the season, that the other school, other conferences were going to follow suit and they didn't. And that was like, big 10 was like, ah, we're kind of like holding their hands in like in the middle of nowhere with no one around. Um, they were kind of out in no man's land with that. And I think they were like, Oh wow. Um, we probably shouldn't have done that. So they made their comeback on October 24th. And I guess uh, from what I understand is that they are going to play enough games that they will be considered into the AP poll so that they can buy So one of their teams can buy for the national championship. Uh, so, and we've actually got some better screening tools for, for COVID and all that kind of stuff. So that, that kind of factored into it. I don't know. We'll see. Like I, 
I, I'm a Penn State fan, so I'm I'm excited to see Penn State. We got a October 31st matchup of Iowa State versus Penn State, which should be pretty good. Um, I would love to see Penn State, like even in this short uh, season, be able to you know kind of knock off Ohio State, maybe blitz them early. But it's gonna be it's gonna be a shorter season than what we're used to with the Big Ten, and uh, yeah, uh, you know we have football ramping up in college and in, in NFL. So we'll see how it The college it, football it season is screwed. I, I don't think any champion this year, I hate to say it, I don't know if I can really view them as the legitimate champion. I guess. I don't opinion. know. Huh? I guess. I mean, so most of the conferences are playing. It's, you have like a couple. It's the same thing as saying, like, do you consider – Basketball playing in a bubble. They're not playing on home field, on home courts. They're not traveling. Like they they got rid of all that stuff. Like, do you can still consider them a champion? It's like yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I, I can't sit there and say that I don't consider them a national championship. I think that there will be a story behind how they become national champion. But that's uh, unless, a question. <laughs> unless the, unless the national championship comes down and and the other team has to forfeit because they got COVID. Like I don't I don't I can't see. Uh, you turning around and being like, "Oh no, they're not the national champion." Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Um, well, like, I've been I've been bitter about it all season, so or leading up to the season, and r- right now, what you have for college football is <clears throat> not not impressive. I'll yeah, put it that way. there hasn't it's, been many. There hasn't been many good games. Um, at least ones that have caught my attention and, and I'll be the first one to admit I am not a college football fan in the slightest. Uh, I never got into it being from up North. You, you kind of don't get into college football. It's more professional football. Uh, we have Penn state and we watch Penn state games, but that's about the extent of what, what, what we do um, as far as uh, in the Philadelphia area. Um, there are some people that are more diehard than I am because they went to Penn state, but like it's Penn state or temple and temple really wasn't good for a really long time. So I don't know. Um, the only game that I could find that was actually of some merit was Miami versus Louisville, which doesn't jump out at a lot of people, but uh, it was still entertaining. Miami, I believe, ran away with it. So um, Louisville, I think, made a comeback towards the end, but it was still it was a 47-34 matchup, so there wasn't much defense. Um, and Yay. <laughs> like yeah, it was it was a matchup of seventeen versus eighteen. So like, I guess that's kind of uh, you're just, if that's your game of the week, you know what I'm saying? I <laughs> know uh, I agree, and that, that that's the that's the tough part is like you're not playing interconference, you're playing everybody in your conference, and unless you have a really strong conference, which let's be honest, the ACC doesn't. It's it's basically Clemson and then the rest of the field. Uh, it's hard to find a game that you're going to be really super into. Um, and then they also approved for the college basketball season to start. Yay. I'm super excited about that. Uh, I'm feeling good about that. Yeah. I mean, they're putting pressure on them. They're like, we're not studying down the season no matter what. Um, I could see them putting a bubble format for the NCAA tournament now that they've mm-hmm. seen how the logistics work with it. Um, it would but, work. I mean, mostly it would all be difficult anyways. So. But they're they're going to be able to start November twenty fifth is the is the official start date of the college basketball season. It's a little bit later than normal, but not so much so that they'll be uh, not able to finish it off. Um, so what are you doing on to... Thanksgiving Day? <laughs> uh, an 
now that I'm not working on Thanksgiving Day, I'm watching uh, basketball be, and football, baby. <laughs> basketball and football. I'll actually get to enjoy the games this year and, and not have to like rush to get to work and eat and scarf down Thanksgiving turkey. So, so it might be you, an extra enjoyable Thanksgiving. We'll actually have the time to taste Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Heck, you know what? Just for the sake of it, maybe on Thanksgiving Day we'll record a special show because we can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us watching the games and, and giving highlights on the games. That, that'd be well, fun. like stream the game live and just give our own commentary. That would be priceless. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving Day every year, Chip. How would you like to do uh, the play-by-play on that? You might have to have that uh, expletive uh beeper handy on that oh man good stuff it'll be it it would be like you know how um you know they do the the radio test with that like annoying beep like you would have that go and it it would be like this is not this is actually not a test this is just we're we're bleeping out everything he's saying Please, uh, Chip's about to give commentary. Please pause for 30 seconds. Beep. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, guess what? We are at the awesome part of the show. You know what it's time for, everybody. It's time for Chip's Chumps. Bad plays. Bad players. Awful calls. Poor sportsmanship. The worst of the week with Chips Chumps. All right, guys. I'm going to just get right into it because uh, if if you want to skip ahead, the, the number one and number two are just going to – I'm just going to go off. So we're going to start off with it. Number five. So number five goes to – I said it earlier. I'll say it again. I'll keep saying it. Uh, if you look at the notes, I got puke emojis all over it. The love fest that is the TNT broadcast with LeBron and I'm going to say the Lakers. I'm just going to say LeBron. It's like lebron mania. It's LeBron this, LeBron that, LeBron this, LeBron that. LeBron did this, LeBron does that. Look at the pass that LeBron did. It was great. Guy hit the shot. Like It's ridiculous. It's absolutely – nobody wants to hear that for – three hours or four hours or two hours, whatever the game is. I don't even want to hear it for 10 minutes. It makes me sick. Like I, 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 I at times just mute the TV because I can't stand it anymore. It is awful. It is an abysmal broadcast and you all should be fired. Morons. Number four. Staying with the whole Lakers theme, my... Number four goes to the referee crew for game one. Wow. I've seen some pretty bad referee games. That has to be the worst. Um, first of all, it got to a point where you couldn't, you guys literally couldn't call any more fouls on Jokic, and he knew it, and he just kept fouling on purpose, and you still didn't call it because you called so many stupid ticky-tack fouls on him in the beginning of the game. First of all, you know Dwight Howard's trying to get in his head, and Dwight Howard's pushing him, and he's pushing him back. Let him play. Nobody wants to see you call 25 to 30 fouls in the first half. Nobody wants to see that. It is boring. It is absolutely awful. Let them play. It's a physical game. Let them be physical. 
first of all, my biggest pet peeve I have is you caught a foul on Jokic when he's seven foot and he's about two inches taller than Dwight Howard, and he's trying to run under Dwight Howard's length because he's standing in a in a T position, like blocking him. So he tries to lift his arm up and go underneath him, and you call a foul away from the ball when he's trying to run his route. Like it, it makes no sense. You like tried to like we're gonna try to call this extremely strict so that there's no physicality in the game, and you ended up making it ridiculous. You got players getting teed up left and right because you're you're making bonehead calls and making the game just not watchable. Like honestly, it was probably one of the worst NBA playoff games I've ever watched. Because there was just so many fouls, and it like, it, it, like you just called everything such one way towards Lakers, and and I gotta give it to uh, their their crew chief or their their head one Scott Foster. I've watched him referee Los Angeles Laker games, or for that matter, LeBron games, and he is so one way to LeBron and his team, and calling so many fouls against the other team. Like Scott Foster should never ever referee a LeBron game. It's just, it, it's totally unfair. Moron. Number three. So number three goes to Anthony Rizzo. This is more of like absolute like hilariousness and like you're, you're just an idiot. Um, so Anthony Rizzo got hit by a foul ball in the head and it, that sounds terrible in itself, but it really not because it was a foul ball that hit the net and he was standing under the net, not paying attention as the ball came down and hit him in the head. Um, if you watch the video, it's absolutely hilarious. He's like totally in la la land, doesn't even notice it, but tries to go over catch a foul ball and hits the net and bam, hits him on the head. Like really like, like that's like a, a embarrassing, like you're an idiot kind of moment. It's hilarious. So for that reason, moron. Number two. All right. I said this was going to be interesting. This is going to be a lot of fun for me because I got a lot to say about it. I'm happy that you lost, but really, you guys were you guys are were predicted to go to the finals, up three one, and you blow it. You lose three straight. What? That's a that's a ridiculous collapse. L.A. Clippers. Wow. Not even to that, like you in each game, you were up double digits. You were up like 15, you were up 19, you were up 11 all at one point, and you lost by like you lost each game. And in the last game, you didn't even put up an effort. You had Paul George, who was shooting the ball and hitting the side of the backboard, you had Kawhi Leonard, who was shooting over the net and air balls. Like it didn't even look like you guys showed up. It looks like you guys just stopped and handed the game to him. We're like, all right, we're done. You lost by double digits. You got blown out. You absolutely was like a terrible game seven for you guys. Like I'm, I'm absolutely shocked that Doc Rivers did not lose his job over this because that was just and, it, and the entire time. Oh, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. There's not really anything I can say. Well, obviously you need to say something because what you did didn't work. It was absolutely terrible. So LA Clippers for that collapse. Wow. Morons. Number one. Okay. I know there's a lot of people that are watching your show that don't know the rules in football. And I can sympathize with you in the fact that you don't know the rules. But you are a professional athlete that plays this game every single day or every single week. And you've been playing it since you were probably, you know, five or six. 
you know the rules of the game. Even the casual fan knows that the receiving team can pick up the ball when it's kicked. You don't have to wait for it to travel 10 yards. Oh my God. The Atlanta Falcons, your entire team should be cut. Like, you should not be able to play another game in this league. Like, wow. Not only did you blow the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago, but you just lost to the Dallas Cowboys after you were destroying them. We said earlier, some of the stats, like, it's just ridiculous. Another stat that I heard today that I think is incredible is that teams, I, f- I actually forget the stat. I just I forgot my train of thought, but they, you, it's so frustrating. You guys were so terrible in, in this game. They, they, he taps the ball and you guys are literally standing over it. And all you have to do is fall on it and you let it go. And then, let, like you basically went up to the Cowboys with a silver platter and went here. We don't want this anymore. You take it and gave them the game. Absolutely ridiculous. Like if there was a a, a chump list of all time chumps, you would be one, two, three, four, and five. Because wow, this was a abysmal, abysmal game for you guys. Like I, it's, there's not enough words of like disgust or terrible or awful or um you guys should never play the game again kind of words that i can say that even sums up this not only was it the cowboys that you lost to that you let come back and not only was it the the team that we all hate so dearly but now you're owing to and it's not the first time that you guys have blown a lead like this Wow. Morons. There we go. Chips, chumps. And Chip, I actually had to mute the microphone because when you went, oh, well, we'll put it on a silver platter. We don't want it anymore. Here you go. I, I was laughing hysterically. <laughs> like, I, just, I, 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 I said to you earlier when you were watching the video, there's, there's one player, I think, I think his number is 87. I don't even know who he is. He's... Uh-huh. One of the guys on the kickoff team, he literally stands a foot from it and then runs away from it. Like, what? The, like, I don't understand. I don't want to touch the thinking. ball here. Keep going. <laughs> like, I don't understand what you're thinking at that point. Like, I, I said, if if I was a referee there, I would have went up to him and been like, you know, you could have touched the ball before it went over ten yards, right? Like, I would have. Like, it was, and it wasn't like it was a like normally when you do an onside kick, it bounces and it goes really quick. Like, he literally like tapped it. And it just kept rolling, like just it was getting across the field. It was what? like it was like slow torture of like who like somebody pick it up, like pick it up. You know, and, you know what it reminded me of when I watched it. Honestly, it, it reminded me of like one of those Buffalo Wild Wings commercials. <laughs> just like, um, yeah, we need to change the outcome of this game. Okay, hang on a minute. All right, nobody touched the ball. <laughs> oh, so the stat that I was I, I was alluding to earlier is teams that score 35 points or more and had zero turnovers were like 445 and 0 before that game. Yeah. The Falcons are now that one in that column. Well, there you go. All right, man. Uh well, you know, of course, uh we'll get the list posted up. I know we've been behind. We'll get the list posted up. 
And uh, if you agree, disagree, think anybody should be added to the list or removed from the list, let us know. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hit the buzzer. It's the final buzzer. The last moments of the show. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, everybody. Uh, you've heard it. We are at the final buzzer. Uh, Chip, uh, I would say mostly an amusing show. We had a lot of football to talk about. Uh, very interesting week in the NFL season. Uh, but before we close out the show, as always, what movie do we have this week? Um, so I went with a movie that was kind of lighthearted since we had a kind of a very serious and, and interesting show. Um, yeah. Dodgeball, 2004 show with Vince Vaughn. Um, basically put dodgeball into the minds of everybody and made dodgeball relevant. But the quote of the movie is, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. So check it out. Uh, hilarious movie. Uh, absolutely love it. Can watch it at any time. It's just, it's ridiculous. It is. Uh, it is a great movie. It, there's so many good quotes from that movie. I, I do get a big kick out of uh, David Hasselhoff being the, uh, the German team coach. I thought that was rather amusing. Uh, overall, yes. a great film. It's a good laugh. ESPN Ocho. Yeah, and the Ocho. <laughs> All right, man. He's running, he's running out of balls, Cotton. He has no balls. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, that's uh, that's it for another week. Again, uh, I apologize to the audience. We were behind on getting some of our shows uploaded and bringing the content to you. There's been a lot going on. But I assure you, we are back on track and we are rolling along. So, Chip, unless you've got anything else to add. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Man of a few words. As always, everyone, we thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon, and we're out. You've been listening to Sportscasters Anonymous. Your opinion may differ, but that doesn't mean you're right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. We hope you were intrigued or at least entertained. You can find the podcast on all the major networks. Find us on Discord and Patreon at Random Chatter. Hook up on the website at randomchatter.com and browse through the merchandise at randomchatter.com slash store. We'll see you next time. This is Sportscasters Anonymous. Signing off.